Jimmy Ivey and I actually had a conversation with me before he goes, Dad, don't feel so bad. You know, he knew I was already successful with the, all those work that I'd done for him already. So my big complaint, you know, was, you know, Jimmy, you know, like he was up on stage and he was at a Grammy Award. He was collecting the Grammy for whatever the song was, you know, and I didn't even get thanked. You know, so you know how that made me feel? Like, piece of shit. Like, you didn't appreciate that? Like, I'm like, wait a second, he's achieved all this stuff with part me, you know? And I never wanted to take any credit myself for anything. I Like, it was me and you. Yeah. Like, we did this together. How is it you get on stage there and you don't mention my name? So I went to Jimmy and I said, uh, Jimmy, like, it's amazing the things that we've done, you know? I mean, this guy's made your company so much money, right? He's become a big star. But, you know, for me, it's more emotional. Like, I like, I don't get a thank you. He goes, don't worry about it. So I produced Tom Petty, John Lennon. I did all this stuff, Stevie Nicks. I'm sitting right in the front row, looking right at him, and they don't even thank me. Welcome back, guys, to episode number 82 of Connection is Magic. This week, we are celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Oscar-winning song Lose Yourself by Eminem, produced by my guest today, Jeff Bass. We get into how that song came to be. Jeff was a struggling producer at the time. He was in his late 20s, early 30s on government cheese and food stamps when he met Eminem, who was a local, relatively unknown rapper at the time. To check out the interview in its entirety, please click the show notes description and follow the links. Jeff and his brother Mark met Eminem in Detroit and they began grooming and shaping the sound of Eminem long before Dr. Dre was involved. Let's get into the episode. Welcome everybody to Connection is Magic. I'm your host Samson Shulman, a former music executive turned podcaster and coach. In a world obsessed with the highlight reel and keeping our difficulties hidden behind the curtain. We end up feeling lonely and isolated, and opportunities for human connection are missed. On this podcast, we dive deep with our guests and get them to share those dreaded, unfiltered pieces. We learn how to make lemonade out of life's lemons and realize adversity isn't sent to break us, but rather shape us into the greatest versions of ourselves. We appreciate you spending some time with us. Now let's begin our journey back home to connection. If you're doing something in a a minor mode, it will touch people's hearts a lot quicker than a major mode song, you know, emotionally. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like minor you, mode is usually your ballads, right? You correct. Know, your, every rose has its thorn. Exactly. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. No, and it just, you know, or it gives you this, this sad feeling that, but you can relate to it. Because yeah. That was a very outdated reference. Uh, Rihanna's stay is a better reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Sorry. <laughs> correct. Most hits to me, though, uh, big hits. Mm-hmm. A lot. If if you're a writer, uh, producer, you should be in. There has. I don't think there's any scientific evidence of this, but some of the biggest hits ever in all music mm. were in. If you look at the history of the number one hits, minor mode seems to be one of the bigger mm. uh, feeling when you when you're for number one records, they were in the minor mode. Well, there's a reason for it because that touches people. You go back to the early 50s. Yeah. And it just seems like, you know, those were the biggest records were the ones that were, I mean, there were obviously big right. records on Happy Records, but 
the minor records, the minor mode records, yeah. seem those to really touch the soul. Good. Yeah. It's, the only guy that's gone against the grain on that though is Max Martin, though, right? Because he somehow does the happy records yeah, and somehow boy. has that dialed. He does have you that know dialed I mean? in. The dude's a genius. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, and he's not even from here, okay? Yeah. Our pop music that everybody's familiar with our pop music in the United States, yeah. that's all from a Swedish man. Okay? <laughs> Done in Sweden, I think that's where Max is. But it, it, there's something to be said about that. He gets it. Yeah. I think he understands the major minor deal. I wonder if Trump will debate about that tonight. Like, even our top music is from a Swede. America, we got to make America great again. <laughs> That would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be, that would be hilarious. <laughs> Some City LP came out, mm -hmm. right? Followed by the Marshall Mathers LP. Right. The there was a small change between, mm -hmm. musically it was similar, but the small change came in the sense of it was a more serious album, not, not it was darker. The Marshall Mathers LP was darker. I thought so. But I'm talking about also how he carried himself too, so, right? We're so talking he, about all that. Yeah, see, yeah. he was carrying himself as a star, but everything was cool. Like, he, you know, it, it, he was still Eminem. Yeah. And, and he was touring already, you know, mm -hmm. things like uh, that stars do. And he was living that life. Yeah. You know, money started to come in. Yep. You know, something that was very foreign to all of us. Mm -hmm. So you started to make a living now. Well, obviously your lifestyle changes. You know, now you can afford a hamburger. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now you don't you have to can, cook them anymore. You right, can you can actually, actually yeah. have a You can own a house yeah. now instead of wow. some little apartment somewhere. Wow. And so life started happening. And then you have more responsibilities because now you have kids. Mm. You know, because those babies that, you know, were babies when we started off are growing. Another growing. Jimmy the Iovine had said to us during the success of Slim Shady LP. Mm. He had said to us, he says, yeah, you guys are gonna have house money. And we're like, we, we don't do house music, it's hip hop. He goes, no, 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 you don't know what I'm saying. You're gonna make have house money. House money is money enough to buy a house. We're like, yeah, right. You weren't buying it. I know. You didn't I, buy it, wow. Because it, it takes a long time to see your money. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It, you have to true. recoup everything. That, Absolutely. Yeah, we were blessed though to sell so many records that- You recouped we, quickly. Very quickly, every album. Wow. We were selling, you gotta remember that back in the day- Can when, I just tell you? Like that Marshall Mathers <laughs> LP was sold on 1.7 million in- First week. Four. Yeah, and That's the week incredible. wasn't even a full week. But there was a time where me and M could sit down and write a song, and I knew that was a hit record. Hmm. I knew in something inside of me that this is, because I always kept in mind, what, what were your fans like? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so, and I knew that this particular song was a, a smash hit record. Your fans are gonna love this. You know, I worked at Interscope for a while, right. and I was I was thought how how uh, blessed an artist was that was big enough on the label at the time to be able to just turn in an album. Like if you're a U2 or a No Doubt, you pretty much just turn it in. You turn it in. You're done. You know, but all the other artists, you know. Am I right? You're beholden, politics, the whole thing. Absolutely, yeah, you're right. right. Yeah, yeah, well, I know, but, you yeah. know, look at the truth of the matter. Is if, it, if it wasn't for, no doubt, you two, uh, whoever else was... Nine Inch Nails, even. Nine I mean, Inch they Nails. were turning in. But yeah. because of them, we got a chance. Because mm. the money was made so they could put the money now into the next artist coming in. That's true. Who, we're blessed that it was Eminem. Yeah. But then Eminem opened doors for the next kids coming out. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how the record business absolutely. works. Absolutely. You know, 50 being one of those artists. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, what happened to 50, right? Yeah. Right? 
So he um, fell into the same thing after M50 became a monster. Yeah. But, you know, they the big artists paved the way for the younger artists coming in. you got to make the Absolutely. money. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you know so. leave the door open for the next. You have to. You have to, man. Yeah. And you leave your ego at the door, too, because that doesn't really work so well. No. Yeah. Yeah, so we're at the fourth album. Yeah, fourth album. Uh, encore. I didn't work on it at all. You didn't work on it at My all? My production team did not. We didn't really um, physically participate in the writing of so that. So how did that how did that happen? I mean, that's just a natural question, right? You guys got this great chemistry, things are working, so life happened. Life happened. So, you know, I had some family issues that I had to deal with. So mm -hmm. I had to back away, bring in Louis Rusto, who's another writer, mm -hmm. and he came in and started filling the the void of me, my mm -hmm. production. Uh-huh. And so he was doing his thing on that album. A Detroit guy, Louis. Oh yeah, right? he's a, yeah, he's a Detroit. I've known him since the late seventies, early. You brought 80s. him in. Obviously, we brought right? him in. Yeah. yeah, we brought him in as a as a not a writer, but as a, more of a musician because he's an incredible keyboard player. Yeah. And when it you have to do this, we call it like put the sprinkle on at the end of the song. And you have to add the extra little dings and stuff. Yeah. He's brilliant at that. So he, he was brought in for that stuff. But during that fourth album, I was away. Mm. I was handling family business. Mm. And uh, Lou stepped in and he started doing some writing with M at that time. And uh, that was another change for Marshall, shift change. You know, maybe they weren't quite sure where they wanted to go with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that album was trying to be funny. You know what I mean? Like there was a yeah. lot of things on there that was. You had the comic, the insult dog. We were yeah, talking. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was, it was it a shift. It was it was a shift. Like so now you got pop pop culture yeah. with with that stuff happening. So you know everything started happening at the award show with the like it was now Eminem was a funny dude. Yeah. But he is a funny dude. <laughs> but don't force it to be funny. He's right. a funny dude. But you don't force it. But I think they were. It went. It went a little corny because it, it felt forced. I guess that's probably right. Why. If you want to look back uh, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. it felt forced. Yeah, it and was, he, he was more, I guess, playful in the Slim Shady right. LP. It was, yeah. It was. He was playful in the first album, yeah. but more like uh, with an edge. Playful with an edge and from an authentic place or something. If exactly. that makes sense, right? Yeah, and yeah. It's a good way to put it mm -hmm. because then it, it almost became like. Oh boy, here's the circus boy. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And the comic, the dog thing was cute, but enough. Yeah. You know, the, my personal opinion. I agree. So, but, you know, I, I, um, I mean, I just, I just didn't work on that album because the direction wasn't exactly what uh, I loved. But I removed myself from it mm -hmm. for family purposes and, uh, you know, I'm not saying that that's because it happened like that because I wasn't involved. I'm just that's what happened. Yeah, you know that that I couldn't be there at that time. So this is what the end result was. And you know I know nothing. But I don't. I can't recall sales or anything. It doesn't really matter. People can draw their own conclusions. Obviously, Correct. what that means. But you know, I, in my opinion. You obviously had a, a strong influence, you know, because it seems like... Well, thank like you. It, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. And I think that there was some moments on the Encore album that there's a few songs that I know that I thought were brilliant, you know, and that was... I wish he did more of that, but I wasn't there to, yeah. like, suggest it. <laughs> so, it, you know, it was kind of disheartening for me a little bit mm -hmm. because the, the emotional part of it wasn't there anymore. Mm. 
Because I think I think that yeah, Louis and him maybe had uh, emotional connection. Because I know there's a couple of songs that are unbelievable. But as a fan, going out and buying that album, yeah, something was missing. I'd agree. And I talk to people all the time about that. Uh, I don't get into like, oh, why, why did you write on it or anything like that? You yeah, know, I don't talk about stuff like that. But I t- just talking as a fan. Sure. And they'll they'll say what they didn't feel. And that hurt me because everything else up to that point, you felt. Mm-hmm. It's not about I didn't feel that so much, but there were, you felt everything. Even if you didn't really like the song, yeah. you still felt something. He's an icon, and so you had an album that wasn't great. So what? A lot of people have that. Yeah. It happens. Of course. You're, you should be blessed you know, that you're, here you are in uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. You're, you're still kind of relevant. That's, yeah. You know, I mean, he, That's he, unheard of, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Think yeah. about that. Yeah. 16, 17, yeah. almost 20 years since Infinite. Okay, that's pretty incredible to still be here in hip-hop. You probably count on two hands, maybe. The people yeah, that mean, started their career, you know, yeah. when he did, yeah. who are still relevant now. He, right? Exactly. I mean, you got Jay, right? Yeah. Jay-Z, is, he's been around for... Nas right. has been Nas, around forever. Yeah. Uh, Dre... Has been around Trey's here. He's still there. He's still there. Little Wayne. Little Wayne has relevance still. So yeah, he was no, there. Yeah, no, I didn't come out yeah. in like '98, '99. He, he was the same era. Yeah. Cash money thing or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, you know the new guys. Like I consider Drake a new guy. You know what I mean? He's even a new though, guy. He's even new. though he's been around for a little bit. Yeah, now, but, but he didn't break until like 2008 or 2000. Correct. Yeah, later. Right. So the early dudes. Yeah. You know, um, you're right. You can count them on your hand. That's it. There's not a lot. I'm struggling for one hand. I mean, imagine two hands. Well, I was just trying to think. There isn't a lot. No. You know, I mean, you got Missy. I mean, Missy Elliott was kind of that era, but she kind of lost some relevancy. I mean, she just hadn't really been putting anything out. It's like Cube, right? Yeah. I mean, what, you know, and he, he, right, you don't really hear much about him. No. You don't hear him much. But Cube sort of like evolved into this actor. He's doing really well. Yeah. That's right. Correct. He could have stayed. Yeah. Same thing with LL. Same thing. Yeah. He could have been oh, relevant yeah. too, but you know he, the movies were bigger yeah. for him. Also, they're seeing the sales do this, right? Right. So and what they're they, like, yes, they're smart businessmen, like, yeah. but they're pioneers of hip hop. Yeah, you can't forget them because one of my friends is a, a he's an OG like A and R guy, and he's like, I can always tell the real music people because they're the ones that would say no to film money. <laughs> right. I mean, that's such a good barometer. It's like it is. If you're, you know, yeah. Look, look at look at Eminem. You know, he, he hasn't really actor. Got, he, yeah, he could have gone. Well, he, he didn't. Could've, he could have done anything he wants. Right, right. What has he done? Music. Acting. Music. He's just still staying yeah. with music. That's right. That's right. There's something to be said about that because he did the acting thing, and yeah. it was huge. Yes. It was a huge movie, but you know, obviously, one would think, oh, I did that. I can go do some more of that. And sure, yeah. he could have, but he chose not to, for whatever his reasons are. He's a star, a star, a star, and then you know, whatever. I'm a music star. And now I'm an acting star. No, no. You know, it, it, at some point, it's, uh, it's all entertainment. It's and true. that's the business you're in, the that's entertainment true. business. Let's flip it back just for a second. The, it just played uh, at the Michigan Big House Lose here yourself, for, yeah. the, for the state. Yeah. That's just such a anthem. classic anthemic. I mean, it, it's, and it's, really it's a the Detroit. top song for me. It's probably in the top three for almost every Eminem yeah. fan, I would imagine. Yeah. So can we talk about just the creation of that? Song, if you wouldn't mind. Mm-hmm. Like, did, did he come in with an idea? Did you come in with an idea? How did? What was the birth of this song? Uh, really, the birth of the song was. It started with a, a, a guitar line that uh, 
I came up with, and I played it uh, against the drum beat that um, DJ Head mm -hmm. came up with, a simple drum beat on the MPC, and I just kept playing to it, like, not even, it just, it started off with that, then I added a bass line, and so the whole groove was what the guitar that we hear in the song, this is what never leaves the song. The mm. whole time at this four bar guitar part that There's I There's no pause on that riff? Zero. Wow. From very beginning. Yeah, I'm trying to listen for it, but yeah. So I was messing around with the in, the piano intro that we all know. Is that you or is that's that That's me. Gonna, that's you, okay, yeah, right, but, okay. So that intro, um, was put the, the the guitar and the bass and the drum that was all that was there that that's was, where it started yeah yeah okay and it felt so good yeah it just felt like we didn't know what it was it's just, all we knew is that wow that really feels good mm. but it wasn't until um writing i mean, getting the script for eight mile that you just knew that fit it, perfect. It came, yeah. Wow. It, it, it came Another stars play. aligning moment. Sort of. <laughs> for real, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we used to take we used to take that that little guitar part and listen to it and go, what are we what are we gonna do with this thing? Mm. Because we know it feels good. And we like I was telling you before about it's the minor mode. Something about it feels amazing, and it gave it would give us chills. Mm. You know, not knowing that years later Michael Phelps would use it. You know, I mean, I don't, I couldn't tell you how many athletes use it as a motivational, not just athletes, people around the world as a motivation to go work out or I'm going to get that job or whatever yeah. it is. It just yeah. motivates you. And the yeah. cherry on top is what that song did in the Super Bowl commercial for the city of Detroit. I mean, how right. cool is that, right? Uh, pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah. you, know, that, you know, during a time when Chrysler, the, all big, the big three were having issues. Yeah. You know, with uh, financial issues and yeah. paying back loans and all this shit. We thought that our, you know, our city was going to shit, mm -hmm. you know, because those were the big three. Um, for Chrysler, it was a huge success for them. Um, and to be a part of that success, you know. Um, city of Detroit, obviously, a major win kept, for the city of Detroit. So major win for city of Detroit. Yeah. And kept a lot of people fed. Mm. And, you know, we feel that uh, we are a big part of that. We never went on media saying, you know, look what we helped with, you know. We didn't have to because we knew mm -hmm. that that saved a lot of people their jobs. That fed a lot of people. I never saw the finished um, commercial. Until? Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. It's not like they, you know, Chrysler goes, oh, by the way, car. here it is. Here's a rough copy. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get that. So I'm out in Arizona on a vacation wow. with my wife. And uh, so I'm sitting there with 20 people, 30 people, in a living room of somebody's house that I don't even know who they are. Hmm. None of them are from Michigan. We're the only two from Michigan. No, there was another couple there that was from Michigan. And by the end of that commercial, every one of those people said, wow, I wish I came from Michigan. <laughs> and that was like humbling That's for about me. the best compliment ever, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah you know, because yeah. every, up until that point, people's image of Detroit was murder. Oh yeah. Racism, bad mayors. Eminem stayed here his yeah. whole career. 
There's something to be said for that. Absolutely. It's a special place for us. Yeah. You know, you go where where the bread and butter is. Yeah. And then once you you on a roll and you're making a living, you know, you you I needed to settle. People need to settle. And you, I feel we, like we you chose Michigan to it's settle. Like a, it's like a squirrel. You gather your nuts in L.A. or New York, and then you bring them back to Detroit or something. I you know. do. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, and, um, and a lot of people do that. They they will leave. Yeah. To find what they're looking for, and then they'll come back because it's always home. Absolutely. So you're on this really awesome ride. Then you said you took the break from um, encore, fourth encore, album. Right, took the break. So is that where you know things were on this upward trajectory, and then you know then things took a turn. You had to deal with you know some family stuff. You said, and then so you went through this sort of I guess darker passage. I imagine. Sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had family issues. I had issues. Yep. Uh, Marshall had issues, you know. Everything was sort of taken hold at the same time. Yeah, you know, you went yeah. like this, went like this, and, you know, and then life happens, and, yeah. then, you know, shit's not always beautiful. And, um, you know, on a high like that, you know, you, if you, it goes like this. Yeah, sure. So we were on our way experiencing some down stuff. All at the same time, too. Yeah. Like, interesting, right? That, yeah, that, that, that just, he was and you guys were. He was doing, getting into his thing. I, I mean, that was well publicized. He obviously had drug addiction. Drug addictions. Right? Well I myself, yeah, I so. myself wasn't yep. admitting to my drugs, but <laughs> I had my issues, too. Yeah. And uh, that was rock and roll for me. And, you know, I had to face my issues. He had to face his issues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anybody that's involved in drugs or has been involved in drugs or alcohol know that it's a very difficult situation to um, recover from. Absolutely. You know, so you have to find what works for you. And you have to take the time off usually to do it now. In the music business, there's no such thing really as time out. No, because you got to ride the the wave. The next very talented whatever, whether it's a hip-hop artist or guitar player, whatever it is, they're... Trying to get in. They want your spot. Yeah, Plus, spot. also, you have the pressure from the label, you know, you where, where they need to keep the lights on and the salaries paid. That's you know what right. I mean? In fact, Steve Berman did oh, a man. skit about that. He's like, he did. he's like, when you were away from the music business, we had to fire. Do you remember that skit? He's Absolutely. Like, we had to fire, you know, right. 40 people or whatever. But there, it? Even though it was funny, <laughs> funny skit. Yeah. But there's truth behind no, total it. Total truth behind it. Right. Yeah. Because that's what happens. Just like anybody, you know, uh, any individual that makes uh, a living and, you know, has a good few years of good income, mm-hmm. their lifestyles change. They might buy a bigger house, drive a nicer car, or, yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. And then it, life happens. Not everything stays up here, goes down. But what happens? Everything stays here. You still got that house payment, that million-dollar house payment, yeah. and that... $2,000, $3,000 a month car payment because you're a player. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that, how are you going to pay that when your income is not even close to what it was? Yeah. That's the music business. That's the music business. And that's why you really don't go in it for the money. <laughs> you go in no. it for the love of the music and pray to God you're smart with your money. Yes. And because you are going to be like this if you can even no last five years. Lifestyles change all the time. So you're hitting this dark cloud, basically, and, and you know, are, are you... I can also be an inspiration for really good music, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the interesting thing about being a musician, well, here, right? Well, here's the it's, beautiful so like, part about yeah. this whole thing, is that even though that particular album, because we were all, I guess, for lack of a better word, we were sick. Yeah. Okay, so 
uh, not well. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that album was over with, we didn't quit. You know, we kept, we were writing songs, like lots of songs. During the dark period. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Years. Years. Yeah, I mean. This period lasted a couple of years? Like, yeah. How many songs do you think you did? I bet you there was 50 tracks. Yeah. With probably half of those, 25 tracks, had lyrics, not full lyrics, maybe some partial lyrics. Then there was like maybe five to five to 10 songs that were completed. Really good shit that still the world has never heard. And they're really amazing but songs. But he was in a dark place then, like we said, yes. right? Which was publicized. Yes. And, and, and I mean, I don't know if you if he's doing his best work in that space. Probably not. Right? His voice was you different. Know. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So, I, so the last one of the songs that he did choose to use while he was intoxicated, <laughs> those days that we were wasted in the studio, yeah. was the song Beautiful. You could tell in his voice, if you're a fan of Eminem, you can tell in his voice something's wrong. Mm. So if you really get to, if, if you're a real fan of Eminem and you listen to Beautiful, listen to the tone of his voice. Hmm. And there's a sadness to it. So that, that was the last song that was a collaboration between him and I. Hmm. And uh, it's sad, but it is. It, it is what it is. And, you know, people go like this, business... You know, artists. You guys had a long run together. Yeah, and technically I was only supposed to do one album with him, and I ended up like seven albums in. You know, because we had a connection. We had chemistry that, why why break it? You know, we loved each other enough to do what we did. It was a piece of time in the history of music that, you know, I have that connection with him that, and the fans can connect to the first there was a sound that him and I did, yeah. you know, it was what we called clap. Yeah. You know, classical rap joined together with his brilliant lyrics, fit like a hand, you know, the perfect fit. That was the perfect fit. It was the perfect and you, fit. And you hear it in the records. You know, and I, I, I just think that, uh, well, for me, I feel blessed that I was a part of that movement, that whole... Eminem movement Absolutely. From, from the very beginning. And so, that last call, again, the last call you guys had, you guys were just on different pages, obviously. I mean, yeah. to sum it up, right? You guys were in different yeah. spaces, and you guys weren't, we, quite, it wasn't, weren't quite getting each other anymore. No, say, and then right? it became a business thing. Yeah. And that's when it fucks up. Yeah, when you the business becomes ahead of the friendship and the yeah. chemistry, that's when it all it goes all, to it, shit. It yeah. all goes to shit. Yeah. And... As far as my production company and him as the artist, yeah. it went to shit from there. Which is, you know, I hear it all the time. Jimmy Ivey and I actually had a conversation with me before. He goes, Dad, don't feel so bad. You know, he knew I was already successful with all those work that I'd done for him already. Yeah. But so my big complaint, you know, was, you know, Jimmy, you know, like he was up on stage and he was at a Grammy Award. He was collecting the Grammy for whatever the song was, you know, and I didn't even get thanked. You know, so you know how that made me feel? Like, piece of shit. Like, you didn't appreciate that? Like That's insane. Right. Yeah. But that happened several times. Because he got a lot of Grammys, right? Yeah, he's got like, 15, yeah, 17 yeah. Grammys, right? Yeah. I mean, I have a few. 
yeah. that, that I, I wouldn't have had if it wasn't for him. But yeah. whatever, his outlook may have been different than my outlook. I thought you'd thank everybody, you know, you know what I mean? And, you know, to whatever his reasoning was, it, it was, you know, it was what it was, and I didn't get thanked. So I got hurt by that feeling. Like, I'm like, wait a second, he's achieved all this stuff with part me. You know, and I never wanted to take any credit myself for anything. I like it was me and you. Yeah. Like we did this together. How is it you get on stage there, and you don't mention my name or my brother's name? Okay, that's a little strange to me. Okay. Yeah. I guess you know maybe I, I don't know why. I couldn't even explain it. All I knew is it bothered me and hurt me. So I went to Jimmy and I said, uh, Jimmy, like it's amazing the things we've done. You know, I mean, this guy's made your company so much money, right? He's become a big star. But, you know, for me, it's more emotional. Like, I like, I don't get a thank you. He goes, don't worry about it. That was it? Just don't worry I about it? I produced Bruce yeah. Springsteen. Yeah, I'm did. like, I produced, he says, I produced Tom Petty, John Lennon. I did all this stuff. Stevie Nicks. I'm sitting right in the front row looking right at him, and they don't even thank me. <laughs> you got to say... Okay. That's some real advice, though, right there. Yeah, yeah it is. Don't you know? take it to heart. Right. Although, you know, I'm a, I'm a Jewish boy from Oak Park, Michigan. I take it to heart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess maybe that's... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... Yeah. So I, I just... I mean, I just... I just think it's important to be grateful and thankful. I'm a big believer in like, don't, you know, just don't forget where you came from. That's right. a big deal to me. I think that's a Detroit thing, isn't it? I think so. I like to think it is. And I, but I think too many people were in his ears, to be honest with you. Yeah. He probably had a list and, you know, someone might have given him that list of people to thank. That's true. Because he always thanked the right people, minus me and my brother. But that's okay. Yeah. I would really. I know a lot of people that that would have been more cocky about things or whatever, self-absorbed about things. Yeah. Like Look at I was able to make a living doing what I love to do. Can't get much more blessed than that, you know. I'm blessed to yeah. be able to do that. Yeah. You know, that beat the odds of uh, some punk that really wasn't born with a silver spoon and had to figure out a way to to do all this without going to jail, yeah. you know, and doing this, <laughs> you know. So I, I, I was able to succeed, you know, doing what I love to do. I can't take it that personal that, you know, the star that I helped create never mentioned me, you know, which is fine. I mean, that, it hurts, but that's how life is sometimes, you yeah. know, but that... It doesn't take away the impact of the work and all I, that, I, I mean. I'll yeah, always that's... have that. There will always be... A Slim Shady LP that I look at and I go, wow, I got it. I had a piece of that. I mean, that part in my heart right there. Same thing with second album, third album. You know yeah. what I mean? The greatest yeah. hits album. There'll be another greatest hits album. I know I wrote some of his yeah. greatest hits. Yeah. You know, so you know, ego wise, my ego will You're be okay. Yeah, Not I'm many okay. people get to touch the world. Like right. That. You know, you touch the world. How many so, people? Yeah. How many people get to work with the best? Yeah. Rapper of all time. I know that the Lose Yourself is uh, a top, one of the, I think, top hundred in the top hundred classic songs of all time. What, whatever the genre it's in. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. That's amazing. It, it, I mean, so, like Greg says, like I, so I wrote a guitar it. part that someone's listening to that like says, "Wait, that's a classic guitar part." Just like Jimmy wrote a classic Stairway to Heaven classic guitar part. Just like 
Eric Clapton has a, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. wow, I'm like, I'm in the, at some point in life, I, I, I achieved what I always heard in my, and felt in myself. And it, and it and came. That's amazing. If I would have told you that between the ages of 28 and 32 when you said things were rough, you know, food stamps, if I would have told you that, you would have said, get the fuck out of here. I would have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have yeah, said, you're, on, you're on fucking drugs. Yeah. yeah. So that brings it to full, full circle. It's amazing. You know, yeah, it's it, was amazing. A, it, it was a great run with M. You yeah. know, I got a beautiful wife, beautiful kids, and, you know, life is, I got a couple of yeah. homes. I, I, you awesome. know, you, so you're living life. Yeah. So what I want to do musically is I've done everything in hip hop that you can do. You know, I've won the accolades. I've sold, I don't know how many hundreds of millions of records, right? Yeah. So I've done all that. So now I want, what do you want to do? So why not f focus on something that I want to do? My wife does a lot of movies, makeup for movies. She's mm -hmm. going to be directing her first uh, movie. Nice. And so I've done a couple of um, scoring situations for her movies and other movies and so it's just you know just keep working just keep working so i'm gonna do this uh this instrumental project and hopefully i'll pick up one fan at a time you know and start a little thing i'll be in a club with 25 people it's great is, <laughs> but it's is that fine. the pinnacle of what, like what's what's your idea if i say hey jeff what's the ideal paint us the ideal picture of what this new venture for, looks like for uh, you. For, for me yeah. the really selling out the uh, uh, Royal Oak Theater or Fox Theater and people want to come there to see my which is like a that's like thousand fifteen hundred cap yeah. room or something but right? it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not an easy feat though you know, <laughs> know, uh, you know <laughs> but uh, um, you know you know and you would think that because I have succeeded so much with the world of hip-hop hip, yeah. that you know people will you know just be willing to do something like play my shit on radio or yeah it doesn't happen that way no it doesn't they don't care who you are you still have to go through the channel it's you amazing you gotta go through the motions yeah wow. yeah it's amazing so uh i have to go do it like everybody else has to do it i gotta figure out a plan you know how to get one fan at so a time so here you are back to struggling again i am the difference is i do have it's, a income stream yeah it's that's, not quite you know, the same it's still coming so yeah. i'm not starving and i yeah. might be able to um, have a rehearsal and actually own the uh, PA system that I can use to <laughs> as opposed to rigging one, right? I uh, think it'll intrigue people to say, hey, here's a guy that's doing a lot of hip-hop records, now he's doing this. Right. Let, me, let cool. me go check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty cool. And to, to and see then, it in a different uh, light yeah. is also a difference because like, I'll, I'll do like remakes of songs that I wrote, but in different versions of it. Yeah. And a good song... You could do it in a different, a million different styles. I think a I good song it. is a good song. There's a video you, I think, doing. Oh, some... messing around with yeah, lose yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one I done. That's not on my album, but that's a fun. I think it should be. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> think it should be. What advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? I would tell myself never quit, mm. never quit, and really truly love what you do. Mm. I don't care what it is. That's it. And and another thing that I would say because going through a lot of issues because of drugs and alcohol and don't do it, you know. You don't need to be more creative. Some people It's not going to make you more. You know how some people talk about, you know, could well. Could Hendrix have done what he did without yes. the acid? Yep. Do you think he could have? Yeah, I, I'm a, I, I don't think that that. You don't need it. You don't need it. You think you're having a different experience, you know, because it's all your uh, primitive mind aren't making yeah. all this bullshit up. What was your biggest career high? Uh, probably winning an Oscar. 
That's that, pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, for me as a musician, you know, yeah. I told you earlier about yeah. the gold record that yeah. I never ever saw. By the way, <laughs> I, saw the <laughs> I saw the platinum ones, <laughs> platinum ones. But uh, being at, I was at home. I didn't go to the Oscars that year. Even though you knew you were nominated. Yeah, I was nominated, but I didn't go. I chose not to go. I, my uh, youngest was just born, and I just chose not to go. Mm. You know. And it's maybe something someday I'll be able to go again for. But uh, that night I didn't go, and I was in my home watching it on TV. And you were being nominated for Lose Yourself. Yeah, I had no. I I knew I was nominated. Yeah. I didn't know Barbara Streisand was going to be the. the she was per- presenting it. Yeah. Yeah. So when she when I heard that she was presenting, I'm a, you know I have, I have the chills. It's Barbara Streisand, real seriously. <laughs> And my whole thing was, you know, is she going to get my name right? Because everybody from up to that point, up to that point, it was like bass, bass, boss, boss, like the the fish, like the fish. When I'm sitting at home and I I heard her open that, I saw her open up that envelope and she said it and pronounced it right. That was it right there. Two more questions. Uh, Your biggest career low? Well, having to really quit the business for a short period because of my drug addiction. Mm. Around Encore, we already touched on this, right? Yeah, but and you know my issues continued for it many continued years. It continued for many years beyond that. Although I'm six six years now, six years clean. Congratulations! Thank you. That probably because I couldn't really do anything. You know, I couldn't. I'm in a hospital pretty much, wow. and so I didn't really have access to recording songs or so. And my world is music. Wow. You know, like even if I don't have to. Uh, get up and run to a job every single day like mm-hmm. I used to when I was working heavily with M because yeah. at the same time I was also doing D12 and producing their records too. Yeah. So I was busy. Yeah. I mean, I was going from studio to studio to studio. And uh, up until 2010, I, I went away 2010. I remember you said if, if M called you at two or three in the morning, you were there. You know, you lived an hour. I did. You lived an hour away, and yeah. you'd be in your car. Correct. I, winter time, it wouldn't matter what it was. I never said no because you never know when the next lose yourself would be. Exactly. And um, tell us, uh, last question. Tell us your favorite quote. Like, what, what's a quote that's inspired you throughout your life? I don't even know who said it. I, Quincy Jones's quote of leaving your ego at the door probably one of the most powerful things for me to see and believe, and actually believe that. And why do you think it's important to leave your ego at the door? Because when you go into a recording studio or you or or any job that you go into you, you you're not doing it alone. Nothing is about you. Mm. It's about us. Whoever's on you. There's a team. There's always a team. Anybody who succeeds, anybody who does anything, there's a team. It's not you. And so leave that shit out. Just accept the fact that there's many that are better than you. And there's a greater, higher power than you. Mm. You can't do anything all alone. It doesn't work. We That's are humans. What... We are humans. And, we, and we're really like herd animals. And our partnerships is, is everything, you know? It's, it's amazing. And, and, and looking at life, we, we're taught to do different things, to, you know, go have boys' night out, go have girls' night out, go have it. But the real issue is that, you know, everybody needs a partner. 
You know, some people never find their partners, but the truth is we're made to be partners. Partner, with team, team. Team, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. You know, it could go for any relationship. Yeah. It takes a village. So I, I think that that's... So that's good advice for those watching, right? If you want to go... Absolutely. F- it's that African proverb. If, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yeah, you know. that's good. You, <laughs> listen, you listened in life, you know. They, you know, you're quick with I that. Try. That's good. Yeah. But that's so true. And I, that's one of my, the best advice I can give to anybody. Mm-hmm. Anybody but going into whatever it is they're going into. Awesome. Yeah. Jeff. Thank pleasure. you. Pleasure. Thank you I'm so glad much. I was able yeah. to share the story with you. Thank you for blessing us and... here on the Hustle Sanctuary. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll see you next episode. Thank you so much again for tuning in to today's episode. It really means the world to me. If you heard anything relatable that created new awareness for you, please visit our podcast on iTunes and leave a rating or review. This helps build our audience. Please comment, like, and share this episode out with your family, friends, coworkers, or anyone who you feel would benefit from the messages shared in today's episode. I'm really, really grateful for your help in spreading these messages of hope and wisdom. The world is in such great need right now, and your support helps carry the message onward to others who need it. Also, please consider becoming a monthly financial contributor to the podcast. You can do so by visiting connectionismagic.com and clicking on the Patreon link. Patreon is a third-party platform which helps support creators in exchange for exclusive content and offers. You'll be able to get discounted merchandise like comfy hoodies, t-shirts, as well as retreat discounts where we'll have special guest speakers and group activities to connect you with like-minded community members. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and until next time, please stay connected.